0: You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is the podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales. Hey, Mike. David Hall. Hello. Mason Stiver. Hey, Mike. Tony Groves evening gentlemen and special guest logan Cress. hey what's up hey welcome thanks for coming everybody all right logan thanks for coming in uh we've been having a thing where we're trying to get uh, peak drivers to come by and uh, talk with us and, and you're certainly one of those this year so welcome to the peak series uh you're a rookie in that series and so we'll talk about that a little bit uh as we go through this but let's first start about how did you get your start in iRacing? Where did you first hear about it and how did that become about?
1: Uh, yeah, it was actually a a dark time for uh for NASCAR games at least. Uh EA just stopped making them and uh I was I was looking around. NASCAR the game was not that great. Um and I was watching a YouTube video and I saw I stumbled upon Junior talking about iRacing one time. And I figured, "Huh, that looks that was cool." So then uh, did some research with it, got into NR 2003 for like a month or two. Um, kind of, kind of screwed up on that end. It was NR was because NASCAR or EA, EA wasn't making NASCAR games anymore. Um, NR 2003, the price was just going through the roof to get a hard, like an actual copy of it. And cause I'm dumb, I actually didn't illegally download it. I actually bought a copy of it and it was like, it was going for like 80 bucks at that point. And, um, So I got that and then played it for like a month and then started Irising um, around July of 2012.
0: All right. And so that means about six uh, or seven years. Uh, Your winning percentage is very impressive in oval. It's uh, 13% overall um, in oval over those those years. Um, So well done. Um, Tell us about uh, what's your setup, you know, as far as hardware, what kind of wheels and pedals and, Uh, Hardware, are you running uh, monitors
1: or VR? Uh, I got a single monitor. um, uh, Computer wise, uh, hardware, like, yeah, computer, I don't, it's not top line. I honestly couldn't tell you. I have an i5 in there. Um, Forget mostly what's in there, but it's not, it's nothing too crazy. Um, I think I got it pre built for like 600 or 800 bucks or something. So, uh, don't have the, the biggest baddest computer um then you, the wheels and pedals i just have a g27 i love the love the wheel uh haven't had an issue with it for like you said six seven years um the pedals the only thing i've upgraded and i have fanatic pedals which uh i'm thinking about getting v3s um in a couple weeks but i have the they don't even make the ones i have anymore i think it's like csr elite v2s or whatever uh brake pedal doesn't work anymore so i'm using the clutch um as the brake pedal which is uh create some hairy moments sometimes when you when you hit the wrong pedal and your car just doesn't stop (laughs) but now uh, wait a
0: minute you're using the clutch as a brake and that you know the clutch doesn't have the same kind of resistance that the brake does right so does that make it kind of hard or
1: it acts a lot like the g27 pedals so i mean (laughs) um so, like after a few weeks of doing it, I kind of get the hang of it again, but uh but yeah the brake the brake still works, but it's just inconsistent, like sometimes it'll be really sensitive, and then sometimes it just won't press at all so uh i I just mapped that to the clutch because you don't I don't really use it in iRacing anyways, so uh it can be inconsistent for that, and then rather rather have brakes, especially with the with the new cup package, with these yeah. racks, so.
0: Well, the V3 pedals would be a nice, nice, nice upgrade to what you're going through there, but uh, I definitely recommend those. Uh, we have a couple teammates that I think have those.
1: Um I've, uh, I've watched a lot of reviews on them. Everyone says they're great. The only the only one thing I've heard was the pedal squeak after a while. But I mean, I feel like every pedal, every sim pedal does that. Right.
2: I can confirm the squeaking. <laughs> All right,
0: uh, what is your most memorable moment in iRacing so far?
1: Um, I don't know, I take a lot of pride in um, NIS, uh, those wins, uh, even though it kind of sounds dumb. But uh, making peak was great after the long grind of pro and uh, not really setup-wise and car-wise. We, we knew we didn't have the best cars, so uh, the whole pro series season and series was uh, kind of stressful. Um, because we couldn't figure out the the one exploit that everyone uh, was just destroying us with. So uh, it's probably either between the NIS victories, uh, making peak, um, the Charlotte Pro win um, is probably up there that made everybody happy on the team, pumped the morale up. So uh, I don't know, I would, probably a mixture of all those three. Absolutely. And... Uh... Tell me
0: a little bit more. A lot of our listeners are really uh, focused on NIS. We kind of focus on that a lot uh, here at uh, the iRacers Lounge. Tell us why that's a prestigious uh, place to run well or to win. Uh, what makes it that? Uh, is it the level of competition? Is it because we get six to 900 guys signing up and there's so many splits? I mean, what is it for you that makes that uh, way up on the scale?
1: I think it's really all of that just combined. Um, you have a lot of peak guys run it. A lot of the top guys in the sim run it, um, whether it's Casey Kerwin, Malik Gray, uh, Michael Guest. Uh, you'll see Ryan Luzza in there now. Um, a lot of a lot of great guys run it. Um, the races are longer, uh, so more time dedicated to it. Uh, yeah, green flag run potentials, yeah. Oh, yeah. all of it. Um then you have the the big the full distance races with like the Coke Six Hundred or the Daytona Five Hundred. So uh, I don't know. I just um, I feel like it was it was a lot bigger of a deal back in the day when they we didn't really have, um, or when they transitioned from having the special events to just kind of incorporating them into NIS. So like every NIS race kind of had the the aura around it that it was a like a special event. At least right. that's the way I took it, so I mean, I don't know, I just the longer races and then just the level of competition yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I think it
0: it's unique too, because of the length of the series, you know, all 36 weeks and whatever
1: as well um, oh, yeah, for sure it's like you have to actually be if you run to the championship, you have to be dedicated 36 weeks and not twelve, like uh all the other the series in Ireland.
0: Yeah, something I always try to get our team to do is hey, let's just get points each week, thirty six weeks, and see where you land and just see, you know, where it shakes out. And it's fun to to try that. But uh tell us yeah, about some... uh yeah, let's go to the next one. What is your preferred car number
1: and why? <laughs> uh, my preferred car number is thirty and uh it's a shame that that's gonna be changing uh for the next peak race since a uh, team wants to join mid season, which I get, um and they want thirty. So uh uh, I'm gonna be switching to the 31, but anyways, 30 is my preferred number. Um, <laughs> You've been running uh, that for a while. Ah, uh, yeah, I've been running it for I want to say everything sport-wise, growing up for the last, and then everything racing uh, for the last 10 years.
0: What's funny is they just did the functionality just this week to give you that 30 number in any race you want you run in, and now but they took it away in the peak because another team came in and they demanded it or.
1: I got that uh that news today so um just gotta (laughs) it's it's funny um well let's talk about
0: the peak a little bit um let's talk about your team setup and all that I mean you're an independent team and I'm sure that has something to do with the car number situation but uh, as an independent what that really means is you weren't uh involved in the initial draft which is only half the field or so and then there were a couple teams that came since but um but not enough to cover everybody. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, about, I think, 24 got drafted at the start of the year. Right. Which out of forty teams. Yeah, out of 40.
0: Yep. And <laughs> so you're with Gen X. Um, but then uh, our our good, fin- good friend, John Hammer, who's been on this podcast a, a million times, um, he's on your team, I understand, and he helps you with setups and stuff. But he did a post recently about Um, some changes with your team and some people kind of splitting up and maybe uh, there's another team called Mercer race car. Tell us what's going on there.
1: Uh, Yeah, we, me and John came together right before pro season started. um, And he was in talks with Gen X at the time of joining them and helping them with the B car. Uh, So we just found it as a great opportunity for uh, if we all went in I had my pro license. We were going to compete in the pro series. John would help Gen X. So like everybody just kind of helps each other kind of thing. Um, and then we started adding pieces to our peak team, um, like David Mercer and uh, Michael Morley and so much more. Uh, and it kind of just, we, John and David were helping Gen X build their public sets, the their private sets that they use to compete in like A Open and B Open and all that um and it was always really just the like it was gen x peak and then rest of gen x kind of kind of deal and uh so like we had peak sets and then we had a open set we had public sets um and it was just kind of a lot to a lot to juggle so we just felt it was best for everybody just to have the peak side of the operation move out we kind of established our team um or establish the peak team at least uh, just right. move us out uh, start our own thing and Gen X can continue doing what they've been doing for like the last couple years uh, I've a lot of people might think like there was there was bad blood in that and there, there wasn't um love everybody over at Gen X uh, Brent wall everybody um they're great it's uh it was just kind of a it was becoming too much of a headache to like to just to manage having th- basically three setups for the same track in the same car. Right. Yeah. And,
0: uh, well, it, it sounds like it worked out good. I mean, it was a place for you to get uh, your team kind of built, and you had a a structure, and then it, and as you said, you got it built, and it kind of spun off. So now it's called Mercer Race Eng- Race Car?
1: Uh, Mercer Race Car Engineering, yeah.
0: Yep, Mercer Race Car Engineering. Awesome. And tell us about how Timmy and Adam
1: fit into this after daytona uh he was looking for a team to join uh his big problem was he doesn't because of his busy schedule with the real real life side of racing he doesn't have the time to put hours and hours into a setup so he was kind of looking for a team to help him with that so uh that's we benefit him just by we can put hours into a setup we can tune it and we can have him have something better than just the fixed setup for him on a on Tuesday nights Uh, and for me he uh, since he races in real life he understands how tracks heat up and how the groove will move around so uh, especially in race uh, he helps me so much when it comes just to like a the high sides come in or if it like even moving from running say the bottom to the top it's completely different with how you have like throttle inputs steering inputs you have to change all that when you move up move up one lane two lane three lanes whatever it is so uh middle of the race when this is happening he can uh just come in my channel and say it and helps him out like a ton
0: yeah that was cool i i thought that was neat that he hooked up with you guys and uh timmy is no slouch man i've, I've raced him before at sonoma and uh he schooled us and he is fast, fast, fast. And, and, you know, he's got like what triple digit cup starts or something. And so he's got that experience, that real life experience.
1: And I imagine, yeah, that it helps you for sure. Oh yeah. He can hop in anything in iRacing and instantly be top five in any fixed field. So, uh, I mean, he's in peak, everyone in, everyone in peak, whether you're running 40th or first, you deserve to be there for some reason or another. You didn't just, Luck completely luck your way into being top forty, so or being top twenty in two series to be top forty in peak. So, right. He okay. Definitely has talent. Yeah.
0: All right, and then shout out to Mike Morley and Stephen Lu Allen, who were on my team to team Tefosi for a while before they uh moved up to where they're at now with you guys. Ah, uh, Mike Morley. Oh my God, I could talk for days
1: about him. Well, he He's, used to be uh, on
0: this show quite a bit, actually.
1: He's a he's a workhorse. He'll uh he'll t- he'll put hundreds of laps on setups, hours on setups. Um he's great. I haven't even I haven't talked much with Stephen yet. We uh he just came over, so uh haven't really been involved with the whole truck the Rota pro program, but um yeah, they've been they've been putting a lot of laps in, a lot of a lot of hours, a lot of hard work.
0: Yeah, Mike has a unique job uh where he only works in the winter and so he has some a lot of downtime so he's able to do stuff like that so that's really uh helpful i'm sure uh all right let's keep going um what do you think about the update what track are you looking forward to uh coming up here in the spring uh is the update suiting your style
1: oh the the update couldn't play more into my style honestly and if we don't perform it's going to be 100 percent me uh track wise i love restrictive plates um hence why i love this package uh, so I'm really looking forward to Talladega. really love that style of racing um but, uh, yeah, the package is interesting uh it's a lot of people will say I've seen on the forums it's nothing like in real life, they're not on top of each other. they're not running in this pack but um what people forget to realize is that in real life they have the cars are not all the same, they're all built differently everybody you can you can fiddle with just aerodynamics of a car in iRacing everything's the same all the only thing you can change is setups and then at this point at this level everyone is so equal with the setups that you're going to be on top of each other i knew coming in that it was probably going to be more like uh the old iROC series than it was going to be the spread out thing so uh i don't know I, i i find it fun um i i feel like not a lot of people find it fun but (laughs) well
0: you know i I gotta say the iRacing product matches the real world product to the t actually in my if you watch this last nascar race uh our races play out just like this we're all over each other at the restarts then we string out you know and it's just the same thing they did a great job mimicking uh what nascar is doing i think
1: i mean yeah i said that too it's just I think we spent a little bit more time in a pack, like a, middle, like a couple more laps tight in a pack. Um, and then when we are in that pack, we're a little bit more bunched up. But I mean, that just comes with, that can be an update with arrow push. And uh, like I said, all
0: the cars are the same. If you're- Well, you're, I mean, you're right. The peak race at California was a much better watch than the actual NASCAR race at California. Um, you guys really did have a, uh, put on a good show there.
1: Um, yeah. That's another thing with the, the peak race. We started at, I don't know what time the real life race started, but we started at six. So uh, I think that's a couple hours after. And the surface for Auto Club on iRacing is a couple years newer than in real life. So, I mean, all that adds up to the big pack that you saw Tuesday night. Yep.
0: Yeah. And and the track temp is so big, a uh, uh, big effect right now. And uh, and just that, the time of day could make the difference. But-
1: just The air temp itself uh, didn't do us any favors on Tuesday night, it gave us the coldest track possible. So, <laughs> all right, um, so tell us uh, we've been
0: watching you through the peak series, it's, it's kind of hard to catch you in the coverage because you are an independent, um, because they really sometimes just focus on the leaders. Um, but you've been kind of in and up up there. I mean, tell us about your your best run so far. In, And like you said, Talladega is the one you're searching for. And then finally, how do they find you on social media? Or who do you want to thank?
1: Yeah, our our best best run so far. um, If we had the weather in our favor, if it was a few degrees hotter, it would have been Auto Club, uh, hands down. We had that car dialed in. But uh, Las Vegas, uh, surprisingly, before the build, um, that last 30 laps, I want to say, of that race, we went from running 40th, to just driving by people. Um, I think we finished inside the top 25, maybe. Um, but we had that car glued to that white line and just flying. So I'd probably say that the last thirty laps of that race was our, our best run. We completely turned the car around um, from what we started the race with. Uh, people i like to thank just, uh, obviously, John, uh, David Mercer, Michael Morley, uh, Stephen. Uh, they're all putting in hours and laps and just trying to get the, the smallest amount is all you're looking for now with the, with the cup car at these miles and a half. So, uh, they're grinding, um, couldn't appreciate them more. Uh, they, they really do put in a ton of work. Um, and what was, did I miss anything?
0: Social media. Question?
1: Oh, social media. Um, I got a Twitch. It's Logan 30. um, also got an Instagram. It's the same thing, uh, and I do have a Twitter. I Rarely use it. It's uh, it's Logancrest13 on the Twitter. But um, but yeah, that's that should do it. All right. How much
3: will you pay me if I uh, squat on Logancrest31? Tw-
1: uh, <laughs> uh we can negotiate. And I gotta say, you're
0: brave. Uh, hammer sets are a challenge sometimes to drive. Uh, he'll throw some some curveballs out there and uh chris scales you wouldn't know what i'm talking about right yeah absolutely but uh yeah he'll give you give you a a pistol only
1: oh yeah john will if you if you tell him the car's doing one thing he'll he'll make sure to give it the like the biggest swing ever and then you'll go back out there and you'll probably spin around spin out and be like oh that was too far and he goes yep well now we have our now we have our bookends
0: now we know how to loosen it up, right?
1: Yeah. now, now we know what we can uh, <laughs> operate in. He he loves to do he 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 uh, what's it what the word I'm looking for? He hates small adjustments. Yeah, so he'd, rather, big he'd, rather, yeah he'd rather just take the giant swing at it <laughs> and then just like tail it back. All
0: right,
4: we well, we're very good. We were talking before the podcast that um I could hardly ever drive hammer sets, but he's such an amazing coach. <laughs> I'm glad that you said Gen X because I think if you said independent one more time, Hammer was probably going to come after your family. (laughs) Oh, you you guys will get picked up soon enough. I mean, teams seem to be
0: adding and uh, I'm not sure what the criteria is. It seems like you have to be famous or in the know or something. But but regardless, it won't be long. You guys will be a team, uh, you know, officially.
1: I appreciate it. I mean, it's, I'm surprised that the, the pro series champion hasn't been drafted yet. That's the, I think that's the biggest surprise so far this year.
2: Yeah. You, uh, you heard there's a team looking for a 30 car driver, right? (laughs) (laughs) Oh
1: yeah. All right.
0: Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, you're welcome anytime. What the, we'll be definitely watching the peak series as you progress. Um, it's certainly fun to see you as a P as a rookie and then see you guys run well. And, um, Obviously, knowing that our friend John Hammer is behind the wrenches on that wheel, so uh, it's kind of fun to watch.
1: Thank you. Yeah, and when it comes to John, like these these cars, John and Dave, the, these cars are way better cars than I am drivers. So even if it's running, if it's running 25th, just know that that car is probably capable of probably top 15, top 10. Cool. So they're they're definitely doing their part. All right,
0: well, thanks for coming, and uh, you're welcome back anytime. We're going to get into topics, but first, uh, we need to talk about Sim Racing Authority. iResearch Lounge podcast does sponsor the Sunday Night Xfinity Series over at their league at SRA. They are broadcast live at the OSR Network. Uh, they went to Atlanta for the third race of the season. Benjamin Nelson was on the pole, followed by Jake Nichols and Zoltan Herceg. Drivers fought loose conditions on track all night long. Coming to lap 50, Jake Nichols took the green with white checkered flag to the first and only stage. Early on in the final stage, Dave the Nightmare Shut hooked Zoltan Hershag while battling near the top five. Fortunately for Zoltan, he was able to keep the car clean and battle back late in the race. With Jake Nichols leading with 10 to go, Ethan Kurtz triggered a caution from the back of the pack. When asked to comment, he simply replied, I've moved on from it. Now, with the final restart with five to go, David Shutt elected to take two tires. Front runners Jake Nichols and Ben Nelson both suffered from costly slides through their pit, giving Freddy DeLosa position as the first car on four. Freddy would go on to take the checkered flag in his first win of the season. David Shutt's two-tire strategy failed miserably as they ended up taking out Connor Anton mid-pack, triggering a race-ending caution. Turned in next week as they go to Las Vegas for the fourth one of the season. Sounds like fun. This is a good league, guys. Uh, A lot of these names ring bells. I I rang with these guys a long time ago in the Nordgar series. And uh, a lot of these same names are still running. All right, Chris, let's jump to topics.
4: Mama, we made it. Yeah, it's a tweet by peak driver Eric J. Smith. And uh, he he tweeted, uh, Mama, we made it. And it's a picture from his phone of... NASCAR on America, and the topic they are talking about and the, the subtitle at the bottom of the screen says, Eric J. Smith wins first career E-NASCAR iRacing Series race at Auto Club Speedway on Tuesday. That
0: is so cool on NASCAR America. And then look at the title above that. It says, Global Motorsports Star of the Week.
2: That's all very cool and whatnot, but they put the wrong logo there. It says yeah.
0: NASCAR heat. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If I was Peak, I'd be a little upset about that.
2: Well, there's nothing that says Peak on there at all. Right.
0: Well, Peak I didn't was, write NASCAR America a check. See?
2: I was waiting for this to happen, honestly, whenever they announced that both were going to go on at the same time. And it happened way earlier than I thought it was going to.
0: But the average person doesn't even notice this, obviously.
3: Still but very it is cold. bad
0: yeah if i was peak i would be kind of a little bit off on that but uh, okay david how to improve
3: so tony aggie is a new iRacing member he's got about 40 races under his belt and he's basically popped the question should you try a bunch of different cars or really try to really master one first and there's obviously varying opinions he didn't post it as a poll so i figured we could just drop in our two cents uh when I came into iRacing, I'd already spent a lot of time on R-Factor, so I tried to just get to the cup car as fast as I could. But at one point, I got really frustrated with roads and decided to, to work my way up through the road ranks and spent a lot of time running the rookie cars and then a lot of time actually in, the uh, in, um, a, a, I think, a second or third level small car and worked my way up. But I would spend a lot of time on it and really just – get familiar with the car nowadays I, I really love the gte and uh i'm not the fastest at it but i feel like especially between the rest of us i know the car and how to handle it on the edge and what to do when it gets out of control and things like that and have a blast in it um so i would recommend to the guy uh a balance you know you definitely want to at least get comfortable in a car for a long time before you really try to just rush through
0: the pole is about 50-50, which is a little surprising. I thought it would be a little lean towards the dedicated to one car. And that's kind of what I am. And I think jumping around is hard. I mean, you can do it if you're good. But I think having that repetitive, you know, same car over and over and over, you'd learn something that you wouldn't have otherwise.
2: Right. Um. My opinion about this is you can do three series competitively i think at the most one as your main and I, I i would do that as an open set series one as your fixed set series and then one as a fun series
3: right but they're all fun <laughs> it's this
0: hard and then cost is the other thing when you especially for a startup if if you just focus on one car, all you have to buy is the car, one car, and then all the tracks that go with it, and that can be you know cheaper than trying to, you know, run. Oh, I'm going to run the IndyCar car and I'm going to run NASCAR, you know, and so forth, and then I'll do a, the Ferrari. So it can be a cost thing too. I think is an advantage to go to one, but but uh, hey, there's a lot of free content too, so you can try other stuff. So don't forget about that. All right, Mason, uh, over nine thousand.
2: Yep, looks like we uh, have a post here from John Henry. Um, This is on the tire allocations page, but um, he said uh, the tire allocations are going to be addressed. But um, the biggest advantage to this being addressed sooner is that iRacing has been growing. He says he believes they have 10,000 more subscribers now than we had just four months ago, which is huge. Um, he says this ability to hire additional engineers to attack some of the back burner items like tire allocations uh, will help get it done faster. So he thanks you all for your support, and your subscription um, is an investment to iRacing's future.
0: The last sentence is telling. The good news is we are hiring.
2: Yeah, this is exciting times. More people on the sim equals more money to pay the developers, equals more things to be developed.
0: You gotta remember, John's not in this to make money. Okay, this is a, a pet project. This is—he wants the best simulator out there. And if we—if he has more revenue from more customers, they're just gonna spend that revenue to make the sim better. I love it. I just love it. The, this whole thing is so perfect with John Henry as a our sugar daddy, so to speak. Uh, the you know the fun, the, the creation of this from the beginning, and and even as it's profitable, you know. Don't turn it into a profitable company, but let it, you know, continue to grow into what it's, it is today. All right, uh, next up, release notes for an iRacing beta release was March 15th. I'm not really going to get into it, but it had something to do with daylight savings times. There were certain regions in the world, if you lived in, you could not race because of uh, the daylight savings times, time shifts and whatnot. Uh, they didn't have it programmed correctly. Um, to, to go with every area in the world, apparently.
2: Through the beta UI only, though. You can right. still get into the website. Oh, yeah, the
0: website worked great.
2: Like always.
4: All right, Chris, not logging out of the forums. Yeah, next is a forum post from um, Craig Jones. He was having an issue, and we've seen this before. I think we talked about on the podcast, um, where he has a friend that's using his computer when he's um, visiting and logging out of his even if he logs out of his account his friend logs out of his account when craig would log back into iracing he would be in his friend's account basically all of his forums his his account information you know total you know big security issue But wow. um, yeah i don't know if anything's been done yet but um there was a a response from Um, Staff member Nicholas Bailey said, he said, uh, I see what is causing this and we'll talk to the web team on Monday. Thanks for the thanks for reporting. But yeah, it's like I said, we've seen this before. That's that's such a huge security thing. How uh, often is that going to happen where you're sharing the same computer, you know, with somebody? Well, it doesn't. But the problem is, is how is the um, how is iRacing recognizing that account if that can happen? Is it by, like, a MAC address or something or an IP? Because those are really easy to spoof and fake, and that's why it's a security problem.
0: Well, you got to remember, when you're in the forums and you look up at the top, it says not secure. And that's because it's not HTTPS. And that's the whole reason they started the beta was because uh, the security in these web browsers uh, doesn't play well with iRacing. And so that's part of the problem, I think. Got it. Yeah, I think you said that before, too. All right. David, fixed clouds.
3: We were just talking about this as we were running the Thursday uh, Open NIS race. Um, Apparently, during qualifying particularly, every time it's partly cloudy, there's been a predictable cloud pattern. And I'm just thinking now off the top of my head, I'm curious if the same thing is happening in a race. But... um, a fellow by the name of Nick Nibben has pointed out and thrown up screenshots of multiple tracks from multiple cars showing the exact same cloud pattern. And everybody has figured out when you're qualifying, wait three minutes and you'll be a few tenths faster. Don't tell them that.
0: You just gave up Mason's t- secret.
3: <laughs> yeah, Well, Mason put it on the uh, script, so...
0: <laughs> okay, well, Mason, tell us how this works. You just wait like two... Two or two and a half minutes, and then go out and just magically you're faster. Well,
2: oh, yeah. I mean, the track temp just usually tanks at the end of the qualifying sessions because you'll get a cloud, and the wind usually dies down too.
3: Now so I, Dave, it's not not been the case if it's been sunny or cloud or fully cloudy. It's only on the partly cloudy that this seems to be the case.
0: Or like we were debating, is it open or is it fixed? I think That's, it's just in fixed. But yeah, I'm I don't
3: sure. run any fixed, and I've seen I've seen mm-hmm. it tanking. Okay.
2: I to me it sounds like he's comparing fixed to open races.
0: I don't know. I mean, we were in the open and I was like, "Wait, wait, wait to qualify." And David's like, "Well, there's no cloud, so it doesn't matter." So, but anyway, if it's partly cloudy, wait before you go out to the last minute. That's the tip. But I'm sure they're and, they're going to fix it, yeah.
3: And wave to Mason when you do. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, Mason, uh, we had a surprise Truck Invitational.
3: Yeah, I forget
2: which day I sent you this. Um, Michael Conti was actually the first one that mentioned it, and he was just saying he wasn't invited. (laughs) But, yeah, the the NASCAR, eNASCAR series there had a Gander Outdoors 100 iRacing Pro Invitational at uh, Martinsville, I believe, on Tuesday, March 19th at 9pm Eastern that was right during the Road to Pro. Now, obviously these guys are not Attempting to become pro drivers, so they were not involved with it. But the people that were watching it were all involved with Road to Pro. Um, but uh, there wasn't much publicity. I had to dig through Twitter a little bit, and on the day of, uh, Doug Hunt Jr. posted a uh, post on the forum saying some of the top drivers from the Gander Outdoor Truck Series will compete online with the iRacing Gander Outdoors Pro Invitational Esport Race. Um, he said, uh, drivers like Christopher Bell, Parker Kligerman, um, those kind of guys, uh, who have experience in the real truck, uh, Chase Briscoe, um, John Harnierczyk, Todd Gilliland, Noah Gregson, Mike Snyder, Justin Haley, these guys were all running in it. Um, and Kyle Long got a special invite there and, uh, Derek Krause, Will Rogers, a whole bunch of people. There's a link up here on the eNASCAR website, um with all the names of the, the drivers in it. So it was 19 racers, and they uh, had a good time running around Martinsville. A bunch of bumping, from what I hear. I didn't get to watch it, but, uh, but yeah, it sounded like it was a good race.
0: That caught the uh, parts of the end of it. Now, what was awesome about this is Michael Waltrip was the announcer, along with Caitlin Vincy. And then there was a third person. I don't know who that third person was. But I instantly recognized Michael Waltrip. You know, I've been listening to him forever. And then Caitlin Vinci also a very recognizable voice. But to hear them call this truck race in iRacing, man, I mean, it felt like it was real. Real, real. Because you got Michael's voice behind it. Um, and he's doing his normal commentary. Now, he actually put up a Twitter uh, that evening. Uh, of him sitting on the couch in his living room with a laptop, and he's watching the iRacing racing on the laptop, and and he's got uh, a little head, he's got his headset on, and and he's just doing his thing.
2: I wonder if he wore the Fox Sports polo on purpose, like to get in the mood.
0: Well, it makes me wonder how this came about. Is he being paid? Did he do it as a, you know, as a pro bono? If he is being paid, who's paying him? Um, you know, who arranged this and. What a aw- awesome idea. Um, no offense to the race spot guys, but wouldn't it be awesome if we had Michael Waltrip and other guest uh broadcasters on the peak race?
2: That'd be cool to like kinda of combine forces there. Um I just wish they had told us about it.
0: Yeah, the the advertising was bad. I mean it was we were had to go look for stuff to find out what was going on, so Yeah,
2: yeah, all these posts are like from the day before. Um saying that they were going to do it, and then the official announcements didn't really come until the day of. But we got Christian Eckes here tweeting. Um, He had some sessions up ahead of time. Ben Kennedy saying that it was going to happen. Um, Mode Media House race team, which is for Kyle Long, said he finished P7 in the number 75. And uh, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was watching. He said it's uh, pretty cool being able to listen to the commentators and all. So he managed to not wreck while he was watching. (laughs)
0: <laughs> all right and uh yeah christian eckes one he's the uh, kyle bush truck driver and um he kind of ha- took it away from garrett smithley with a little contact a typical martinsville race
2: yeah steve Lovender has the the video up there of that ending if you just want to watch that
0: all right speaking of steve levender if you all don't know he is the founder of trading paints and so tradingpaints.com did do an update, uh, as well as iRacing for painting. And we got a lot of stuff to co- talk about here. Um, so they did an update at Trading Paints. And so you need to download it and install it. Um, it should prompt you automatically if you haven't done it already. And uh, what's changed is the the contingency decals right in front of the the car number To the right by the wheel or all the little stickers for all the contingency sponsors. That's what I'm talking about. And so now, if you go and look at your car after the update and go look at the outside of it, you won't have any contingency stickers on it. They took them away, okay? And if you don't do anything at all, you won't have contingency stickers from this point forward. Why? They went and built them into the actual iRacing paint templates to and they're, they're there from the beginning at this point. So on a go-forward basis, if you were to go paint a new paint, you would download the new template and it would be part of that template. Now, if you have a Trading Paints account, free or otherwise, you can go into Trading Paints, pull up the Toyota Camry car, and then there's a, in the settings, a checkbox that says permanently stamp the contingency decal onto the Trading Paints paint. Once you do it, it can't be undone. And so on the website Trading Paints, they're literally pushing that decal onto your paint, and uh, then you will see those decals again. So that's how you fix it so you can see them again, is you do it on Trading Paints with that check mark in the settings.
3: It could still be undone if you just re upload the one that doesn't have the decals in it. I'm gonna say,
2: if you like it, put a ring on it.
3: <laughs>
0: okay. Um, the other thing is, is the uh, car numbers. And so you can do a thing. So if you go into the sim and you go to graphics and then there's a thing that says hide car number. And if you do that now, it will hide, uh, the iRacing stamped number on the side of the car. And that way, if you had uploaded a paint that has a real number painted on it. Like if I'm Daryl Waltrip and I I'm the Tide Ride and I want to run 17 and I paint the 17 into my paint. <clears throat> the people that will see that is if they have that checkmarked hide number. And so I saw it today in the NIS race the guy in front of me was the 24 car according to the relative but his car number on the side of his car said the 17. Now David, we were debating, why would we want to run with that turned on? And I still haven't come up with a good explanation. <laughs>
3: not not in any official series. I don't, I don't understand why you would even want to allow it in an official series. But I'm certainly not going to turn it on. Now, if you're if I'm in a league, it's an awesome idea. Right, because but...
0: in a league, you can assign numbers, right?
3: The, yeah. only,
2: the only reason I could see it would be to create a brand.
0: I'm the Wood Brothers car. I have to run the 21, right?
2: Yeah, but then you might have several people doing the same thing.
3: Yeah, and it's you're going to have, how many three cars are going to be on on there every time you're in, you know, you're at Daytona and you're like, the three's in front of you and the three's beside you and behind you. But, so,
0: when you. but when you look at the relative, it's a different number. And it really threw me off today in the race when that car in front of me was the 17. But when I looked at the relative, it said 24. And my brain was just not... Wrapping my head around it.
2: Yeah, that sounds frustrating.
0: So the way it works is uh, if you decide to paint a paint with a number as part of the paint, you just name it as car underscore N-U-M for number underscore and then your ID number dot TGA. And so if you don't want to run the number, you just do the car underscore ID dot TGA. So you just add the dot in or the underscore n u m in there and so what the the sim looks for that first if it if you do have a paint that's n- named that it will use that if you don't have a paint that's named that it'll revert to the other t g a that doesn't have n u m in it
2: now read everybody the fine print
0: um well the drew adamson did a twitch stream uh it's about forty five minutes long or so I watched about half of it. And it's really hard to understand a lot of this and if and if you're not getting it i I understand because I had to watch this multiple times. I had to read the forum posts many times to try to get my head around it but um <clears throat> a couple tidbits here that I'm gonna read about this is if everyone uploads their custom number to trading paints under the new car underscore num dot TGA then they must also choose hide number in their options inside the sim if they don't do this a sim will display The normal car underscore TGA and a car number will be stamped on by iRacing If they have a paint uploaded to trading paints with the number painted on it as Car underscore number we will stamp the number on top of their number So it's important that the regular file is blank with no number painted on it and so the question was so in order To use custom numbers, do you must purchase Trading Paints Pro? And it says, if you want others to be able to see your custom number, yes. No, I'm not sure that's true based on what I saw earlier today in the race. I'm not in Trading Paints Pro, and I did definitely see a a different number on a car. But I do have the hide number thing checked. All right, is everyone confused as I am now? Yup. Huh? Yeah. And so... What does this mean? I'm sorry to break it down. When you go to buy a paint from a painter now, I imagine you're going to get two paints or maybe even three. You'll get one that has no number at all. Okay. Then you'll get one with your signature number, your 17. Well, I guess two. That's all you need. And depending on how you're
4: running, if you're running an official or league or whatever, you would use the appropriate paint, right? but if so if you don't really have like a custom i mean you might use the same iracing theme but maybe you don't have like a custom theme that you want to have like that does anything change kind of leave mine alone and i'm still going to have like the
0: if same you're not thing a I painter
4: have. you don't have to do anything nothing
0: changes except you lose your contingency decals the way to get those back is to log into your free trading paints account on the website and check mark the box in settings if you want yeah, it back are
3: if, if you don't have a paint that's set up with a custom number, then, uh, it will show that it will just use a regular one and it'll use a stamped number. Um, but the decals you have to add in either way, or you could leave them off there, or you could even use it as extra sponsor space.
0: Now I put up a picture of my car with and without the decal. So you can see the difference, I uh, put it right there in the script. And uh, it kind of looks cool without it, actually. It kind of looks clean and sleek, but uh, I ended up using the trading paint checkmark on their website to put it back on the car. All right. So if you really want to know about the painting, uh, I really gotta recommend the Twitch feed that Adam uh, put up. Uh, you, if you search the forums for paint uh, or trading Paints, you'll you'll find it. But it's or it's under Twitch's uh, iRacing page on their Twitch. But anyway, go find that and watch it. If you're if you're a painter at all, if you if you're gonna paint a paint, you must watch this video first because he tells you about the naming structure, uh, what's changed, what's not changed, how it works for official, how it works for league, how it works for hosted. There's different scenarios for each, and so it can it's very uh, involved. So. Hopefully I gave you a little bit of uh, insight into how that works. That's a tough one. David, next, reminder of a new content coming.
3: So there was a post originally posted. Let me go back to the top of the page uh, by Oliver Newman that kind of started. just. It basically just did a feature request asking for the British Touring card. Championship cars, and there were some people who are like, "I racing will never do this." And there were some other people who are, "Here's why this is a good series. This is not a good series." Scroll to the bottom, and apparently, during downtime, a staff member posted to confirm modeling of the TCR car, TCR car is in full production, and so they're looking at. Uh, I guess they are going to add this at some point.
0: Yeah, you'd have to assume it's coming in June. That's still a ways off, um, but the British touring car. Yeah, I think they announced that before, but uh, this is this confirmation that they they are working on it. All right, Mason, we got a patch one release notes.
2: Yes, sir. Patch was released on uh, March 18th. Um, Skim over some stuff here. We got beta UI, updates to season session, paint kit, and create a race. In the member site and the beta, you can now have hosted sessions with seven different car types. Uh, Paint kit updates that we just talked about Um, We had IndyCar pit stop animations fixed uh, HDR HDR and VR rendering updates and then some interesting telemetry ones Um, Telemetry variable to tell you how well you are in a pit stall um, for those people that create their own kind of widget applications Um, and also the added load number texture variable to the telemetry Uh, We have the Delara IR18 with the front wicker switching and garage interface updating. Then we had uh, some balance of power adjustments to the BMW, Ferrari, Ford, and Porsche uh, GTE cars. Um, The BMW got engine torque reduction, the Ferrari and Ford got weight reduction of 5 kilograms, and the Porsche got an aero downforce increase. Uh, this one kind of slipped under the radar, at least I didn't hear about it. The Xfinity cars had front suspension hard stop uh, modified to allow more left front travel, and their aero sensitivities were adjusted. And finally, Watkins Glen, uh, there's a bump fix that would cause the Sim to crash when it was driven over.
3: So I'll speak up on the Ferrari. I think it's funny that they took the weight away when they just put that weight on us at the beginning of the year. Right.
0: And isn't it ironic that the newest car has to be slowed down because it was too fast when it was released? The BMW I'm talking about, but right, because everyone said it was fast as soon as it came out of the box, and uh, sure enough, they're uh, slowing it down.
4: All right, uh, Chris, engine shutting off while typing in chat. Yeah, there's a forum post by John Schiavone. and he was uh, when he was trying to bring up his text box to chat his engine would shut off since the uh, the last iRacing update. And um get to the fix real quick, but um someone did respond to the post Jason Perry and he just said uh, arrive alive, don't text and drive. So <laughs> yeah, text? Yeah, maybe your engine should be shutting off if you're texting while you're driving. But beyond that, it looked like he had um a switch for his ignition that was always up. And so some people might have this setup actually, where so you're all, the ignition's always on, and it's always hitting that key. And when you bring up a text box in iRacing, it drops that signal for just a second, and it would kill his motor. If you
0: type that key
4: or the I key? The T key to bring oh. up the text box.
0: <laughs> I see. Um, and then as far as the engine shutting off thing, I mean, I've been liking it, but David, you turned it off
3: though i have my sound settings tweaked and i've always since since i first started one of the first tips i was given was turn your engine down turn your tires up so you can get a little bit more feedback on what your car is doing so every time every time i've been spun or several or even in the pits a couple of times i don't realize the engine's off and i go to stomp the gas uh, and lift the clutch and nothing and then a panic and boom i have to start it up and i got caught down at a lap at martinsville because of that i was like okay oh, and, and it's partially i don't have a way to fill the engine um so no i'm not, I'm just gonna leave it off until i and unless i come up with a force feedback way to always feel whether the engine's on or off to know if well, it's once, stalled. once you lose a lap
0: uh, by because you stalled, yeah you'll turn the anti-stall back on uh
3: it's not just that it's not just that that I stall it's that i, I I'm I guess just I'm not used to knowing that I stall and I don't I don't realize it until it's too too late and I, I mean, I probably should get used to it, but what I might try is eventually maybe buying some butt kickers and just tuning those into the engine or something. I don't know.
2: Well, in VR, it's harder to find that ignition and starter switch too I assume.
3: Uh, you don't have to find the starter switch you just have to find the ignition and I've got it in one of the easiest places to reach so it's it's that's not the problem it's just I don't I don't know that I'm stalled until it's too late
0: and it, when you when you go to start the car it takes a second it's like 3 quarters of a second or something it's forever cuz you hold down that S key to start it and for me anyway and it just takes a while I I've, I've done it a couple times but I haven't lost a lap because of it All right, let's keep moving. Uh, World of Outlaw, this is a reminder. They uh, started last night uh, fighting for the championship uh, for their share of the $25,000 prize pool. And uh, I didn't find out who won the race, but uh, we'll try to get more information about that. But they're running every Monday night now over the next 10 weeks. Um, David, tell us about Brad Davies.
3: Well, I didn't get a chance to really go through the article, but we do have a Twitter post from JR Motorsports and they're starting to post some articles introducing their online team.
0: Yeah, I did get a chance to read this. Um, It was kind of a neat article because I didn't realize that Brad Davies is actually an employee of JR Motorsports. He's the IT guy there. He works on computers and software for the team.
3: Yep, it's a nice it's a nice little Q&A.
0: Yeah, it's a and so. a style and uh it sounds like they're going to do it with all their drivers, but first up, Brad Davies.
3: Sounds like our questions.
0: <laughs> did JR steal that from us? Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I I did listen to his podcast this week and he uh, he was even talking to himself about coming up through the dirt ranks. It was, it was it's always neat hearing some of the big original I or original racing guys talking about iRacing as well.
0: Yeah, Dale Jr. taking on dirt. Yeah, last week we saw he got his license uh, uh, updated. Okay, uh, Mason, uh, if you ain't first, you're last.
2: Yeah, this is uh, really cool. Twitch's official Twitter um, had a 34-second video um, that has the words, Got a need for speed? We do. Vroom, vroom. And it's a compilation of videos um, from different streamers on Twitch, like Matt Malone. Um, He's the only one whose name I recognized. Tanner McCullough. Yeah, I don't watch many of these streams, but... Um it's very cool. They got some rally cross, they got some road cars, um just doing some different kind of crazy jumps and all that stuff. Um, avoiding wrecks. So it was awesome to see on the official Twitch that they're uh supporting that there.
0: Sixty three thousand views. That's a lot. <laughs> That's more than we normally see for anything iRacing racing related, but uh kinda neat to see Twitch really uh putting up that nice uh promotional video about iRacing. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Uh, tell us, Mason, about uh, Josh Gerlach.
2: Yeah, so um, Josh Gerlach is our sponsored driver um, for the Do Work Motorsports. And uh, unfortunately, his last race here, um, we had some bad luck uh, for the 13 car, but not him. Uh, he runs the 17 car in, in his league, and he finished ninth place he's 13th place in points so he got his first top 10 of the season And it looks like that was at auto club speedway so nice run sounds like he had a good run with the package
0: all right good job josh let's get into hardware software uh chris uh we got a big old picture of david's head what is this all about
4: i have no idea <laughs> okay a, that, uh, pi-
3: <laughs> that yeah. picture is not related to the article that he that chris is supposed to be reading Oh, but, well, tell us about the picture first. Okay, uh, the other day I went and, went and was putting my headset on and snapped a little plastic piece that holds the top strap, snapped. And it was just not comfortable falling down, and I was actually online practicing with Phil. or Actually, I was I was helping Phil get around Le Mans in a GTE car. I was coaching him up a little. Um, and he was like, hey, you can try a coat hanger or something. So, yeah, I went and... Uh, stripped down a coat hanger, took all the paper off of it, and twisted it around and, t- and come up with a temporary fix. And since they're releasing this thing that uh, Chris is about to talk about, I'm probably not going to be worried about warrantying it, because uh, I'll probably fairly quickly step up to the new model.
0: Okay, so I'm going to describe the picture to our audio viewers. you got the Oculus on your head, but wrapped around the Oculus twice is a wire from a wire hanger, and you just have it like literally wrapped around the the Oculus so the, the strap can like wrap around the wire. And so it seems to be
3: functional. It's actually a little more comfortable. All right.
4: Well, let's talk, Chris, then about the new product. Yeah, pretty big deal. Um, the uh, Oculus... Um, Revealed that sometime this spring so soon. I don't know that they've came with came out with a, an exact release date yet But they're going to be uh, releasing the Rift S. It's the upgraded version of the Rift And it's basically the same thing, but a whole lot better um, No more external cameras. It has built-in motion tracking. So if, if you're a Rift owner You'll know that that that'll save you a lot of hassle plus it has more it has better motion tracking um more comfortable uh, most of the the more comfortable headsets um are designed with what they call it's a a halo fit where um you kind of have to the the straps and everything kind of lay back on your head a little bit and it just puts less weight and on in the it puts the weight in the right places and so it's kind of designed that way um better resolution and uh so it's pretty exciting. So if you're wanting to get a, a headset and you're looking for um, one of the higher end ones, this is the way to go. And four hundred bucks is a pretty good price point. I think is that's what thing this thing is going to set you back. Twelve eighty by fourteen forty per eye.
3: Yeah. So let me tell resolution. you about sensor cams. I was running Watkins Glen a couple of mornings ago, and I'm on spring break, by the way. And we something happened. One of my cameras got really wobbly because I had it sitting up on a on a pedestal kind of thing and the screen actually started whooping in and out and in and out and i mean i don't normally get motion sickness and it was it was really hard to drive and once that settled down it would suddenly snap down and i'd be looking at my feet or snap up and i'd be looking at the roof and i'd have to press the reset key so that's definitely one of the reasons I, i look forward to the uh internal tracking
4: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, if you're a Rift owner, you have to have like even the two cameras that most of them come with really isn't enough. You really need to have a at least a third behind you, so you, yeah, it doesn't lose the tracking and stuff. It's a it's a real headache that they'll get rid of. And I mean, a lot of headsets have it, but it's the headsets that we've been talking about that are you know a lot a lot more. So 400 bucks seems to be a pretty good price for this. And it's kind of funny they um they partnered with Lenovo to build this. So it might have a lot of, they probably used a lot of what they learned from their headset that went into this thing. That is interesting, because Lenovo has a $100 headset, and now
0: they're partnered on this. The other thing interesting I saw was uh, 80 hertz refresh rate. That's down from 90 hertz from the original unit. Um, but
4: I think that's just so it doesn't use up as so
0: much CPU.
4: Yeah, they must have uh, figured out a way to do that and not make you want to spew but yeah, I'm sure. Uh, like I said, they, they just they keep getting better, and it makes me a little worried. I never, I kind of wanted to veer away from Oculus since they were bought by Facebook, but now I think this brings me back into the the evil empire. Now
0: there's two of them. There's the Oculus Quest. We've talked about that before. That's a has hardware built into it, so to speak. So the you don't have to have a separate desktop computer with an HDMI. Okay, this is the uh, Rift S, which is like the traditional Oculus Rift, with it where you plug an HDMI into it from a desktop computer.
4: Yeah, the the they're both going to be the same price, 400 bucks. But yeah, that Quest is totally wireless, but it's obviously way less powerful. So you yeah, yeah that's not for iRacing. racing. racing. Yep, yeah, exactly. So be
0: aware of that. Don't buy the wrong one. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Chris, you got the next one as well. Soundware Companion Speaker.
4: Yeah, this is kind of cool um it's uh to kind of describe it i guess uh if you've ever taken uh, a regular headset off and kind of laid it over your shoulders that's kind of what this is it, it you don't wear it on your head you kind of lay it on your shoulders and it looks pretty looks pretty cool and from what people are saying it sounds good but it's both oh, man yeah, yeah, so you know it probably sounds good, but I had 300 seen dollars, earlier, bucks, yeah, and it was ridiculously expensive. Wow, but you know everything both
0: sounds so good, but what do you think about racing with something like this? Uh, you know, have your your chat or your engine sounds coming through this thing kind of draped over your shoulders. You know what it looks like, too? It kind of reminds me of the Hans device.
4: Yeah, yeah, that is kind of what it looks like. I think you could be wearing that and it'd feel like a Hans device. It'd definitely be more comfortable. I'm sure it sounds great. It's just if, if your family's okay with it, blast it on your shoulders, I'm sure.
0: Well, you got to think your ears are really close to it if it's right underneath your ear on your shoulder. So it doesn't have to be too
4: loud, I would think. Yeah, maybe, you know, probably just uh, if you have your own room for your rig, I'm sure that'd be enough.
3: I don't know if it I mean you probably need a subwoofer. I don't know how much low frequency those size speakers are gonna get. if they're that far away from you. Well, if they're
0: set on your shoulders you could feel it. You know Bose is known for low frequency in a small package, so Alright, let's keep moving. Uh a do it yourself blower kit. Uh we found this. Uh basically uh the brains to create your own wind simulator can be bought at simracingstudio.com. It's $109. And uh you get uh the two tubes that are a hundred millimeters by one point two meters long, a uh, tip, uh and, and basically this uh little box that has a control electronic things in it. And um what you do is you pair this up with a marine bilge air blower that you can get on Amazon for thirty five dollars. And so this isn't a fan, but it's a blower. And so I don't know if I really know the difference between a fan and a blower. But a blower is more like a tube that kind of just is shooting air out of it. I, I wanna say almost like a you know, a vacuum that's on reverse or something like that. Yeah, I think of uh, like a leaf blower basically. Right. And so it's a little different than a fan. And so what do you guys think about this? it's a kind of a different take on it. It's a pretty good price. Yeah, I mean you could probably you probably need a couple of those things. So that'd be seventy bucks and then you buy the electronics hundred and ten.
4: So maybe two hundred bucks you could get this thing going. I've seen guys that have similar things built into the rigs, but I bet they spend a lot more money on it. You'll see people that put the ductwork in the cars and everything and you know they have to have some kind of blower at the other end of those. Well, I think the problem with these things too is sound. They make too much noise and they
0: interfere with the other sounds of the car and whatnot. And so I was reading a forum post about how people were using this and they would put the blowers down below the seat or somewhere farther away and then have like these long, flexible, you know, vent or these tubes that would deliver the air up to your face, so to speak. to kind of cut down on the sound pollution. All right, Mason. We got a picture sent to us by a listener, a rig review by Don Sadusky. We've uh we've covered his before. He's got some kind of update.
2: Yeah, um I thought the last time we covered him he had some Fanatech stuff, but maybe I was wrong. Um it looks like he's got what the Logitech stuff there.
0: Yeah, it does look like it. Uh, 920 so got- or
2: yeah one of those um he's got the real live uh dashes in there the the tachometer and three gauges below that um they're the analog gauges um he has three button boxes like they're Derek spears designs um one's very similar to what i have um it's off to his right on the dash in front it's the looks like the track boss Um, and on his far right he has one like our teammate brent mccoy got um, I forget what specific kind it is, but it's the vertical one with uh, five toggles um, that are covered by the plastic covering on top. Um, and then on the left-hand side, he also has another button box. Um, looks like also another Derek Spears one. And he's got room for another one on the left. I don't know what, he, what buttons he could possibly put on it, but, <laughs> you know, he'll find something. Um, he's got triple monitors uh, for iRacing, plus a fourth monitor on top for all his telemetry. Um, he's got this arcade style almost cage around him um with his seat in there and he has some fans blowing on him um
0: it's big it's wide yeah <laughs> yeah Tall. it's not yeah it's big it's one of the biggest ones i've ever seen i mean he really makes it wide and there's no concern about footprint at all <laughs>
2: oh yeah and he's got um he's got it on wheels if you look at that last picture so that's interesting but he has the middle on a stand so i wonder if that's keeping the wheels off the ground
0: so he can roll it around. It looks like it's in his basement, but uh, yeah. pretty cool How- looking rig. I really liked it. Every time I see this, uh, he's really uh, making it look nice for sure.
2: And it looks like he's mounted a play seat. Like that's what the base of this rig is that the actual sim equipment is on. And like the rest of it's on this big outer shell.
0: Yeah, he's got a, like a play seat and he like built a, a cockpit around it, so to speak. Yeah, with Metal that tubes.
2: Old, old style microphone there.
0: And I love the fans up above on each side to blow down on his face. That's pretty cool. Nice looking rig, Don. Thanks for sending the pictures. Uh, Let's keep moving. Uh, Next, we found some footwear by uh, Bruzy. And this is for, uh, they call it Sim and Karting Boots. The Ultimate Sim and Karting Boots by Abruzzi. Their website is abruzzi.co.uk. And so if you go to that website, you'll see uh, where you can shop now for their shoes. And they look like, uh, you know, traditional racing shoes, kind of like a Formula One driver would wear. Um, They even have a place to put your name uh, and uh, country uh, flag on the top of the
2: shoe yeah i believe our teammate greg Hectus, um these are the ones he got from what i understand
0: and i think he got gloves didn't he too
2: yeah i don't know if they came in yet but he definitely ordered them
0: all right so uh we'll have to wait and hear from greg about what he thinks about these but uh, i found the website but uh it's kind of cool that they uh put your name on them all right they look high quality that-
3: there Sorry to jump back on just a little listener interaction. We actually had one of our viewers say that they already own that soundware uh, that we were talking about, the Bose.
0: Oh, really? And is he using it, huh?
3: Mm Mm-hmm. He might be listening to the podcast on it. That's pretty cool.
0: All right, let's keep going. We got another rig review, this time a Formula One driver, Lando Norris, we've talked about uh, several times. This is actually a BBC interview where they come to his house and uh, basically take a tour of his rig setup. And, uh, boy, what a neat setup it is, too. He's got a room with two sims in it that are pretty much identical. Uh, they're triple monitor uh, with a fourth monitor on top. They're twenty. 20 uh, both kind of Formula One style where you really lay back and your feet are really up. And uh he's got this awesome wheel, which we've talked about before already, but uh, what do you guys think of his rig? If you look at the video about the one oh eight mark, you can see the whole room at once it's nice Some money it's sta- that thing. yeah stationary rig sorry, I'm getting there it's a pretty uh it's a pretty cool setup and I love the triple screen mount, monitor mount uh the way it just kind of oversits the uh the main cockpit but it just looks sturdy as heck, the way it's built and designed.
2: That looks kind of like a Sim Labs triple monitor. It might be. It's an interesting base though, that red kind of swooping design.
0: Right. Yeah, it's got some curves, and so yeah, it's got a a kind of a neat design to it. It's kind of neat he's got two in the same room, so like uh, if you have your buddy over, you both can race and uh, kind of a neat idea. Now, when he's going through the tour and stuff, they're only using one of them. But um, he lets the the reporter guy sit down and do some laps, and they kind of compare times and whatnot. And so, kind of a kind of a neat watch.
2: Oh, yeah, it's cool to see what these professionals are driving. That's for sure.
0: Right. All right, David. Uh, a company review: SimWorks Performance.
3: Okay, SimWorks Performance is primarily building PCs specifically built for for racing. Uh, they also have a a rig up here that you can see on the on a picture. Uh, looks, I don't know if I can't tell if the seat's adjustable, but it looks like it should be. Uh, looks like it might be pretty comfortable. Um, well, I
0: think they're about computers. They just sell computers.
3: Uh, okay, they mentioned something about custom rigs as well, but yeah, they they primarily have the the computers.
0: Yeah, I think their big thing is computer. Maybe they're getting into rigs, but I think that's what they're known for is selling computers, so they do custom orders and they have, and they whatnot.
3: Have, they have custom orders where you can just kind of build your own PC just like you might on some of the other online websites. And I took a look at a couple of their pre-built uh, sites as well. Um, their top-level PC, they call it Titanium Rod, and it runs 2400. Uh, it's got the twenty eight or 2060 card in it. Huh. and and all all the specs with specs with a i seven max pretty well maxed out liquid cooling you think um, that's a good price uh I got well my video card's a little bit new older I've just got the night or the ten eighty i guess um I don't know it's it's pretty high on the high end the uh, the cases are pretty though yeah
0: and there was a post in the forums that this what brought this up that he was offering 15% off on any uh, PCs through March and April. Now, since then, the post has been removed, and I don't know why. Uh, so I don't know if they still have a sale on or not, or what the situation is.
3: But yeah. if you need a anytime computer, check it out. Anytime you can have a have a good relationship with a computer manufacturer, it can be handy. Uh, uh, just because things will go wrong with computers.
0: All right, let's keep moving. Um, We're going to jump to results. Uh, We're going to finish up from last week at California. uh, Friday open. Chris, uh, you were P2. uh, We're running P4 with less than 20 to go. P2 spun the leader, and you got caught up.
4: Yeah, that sucked. And a lot of the race, I didn't. I was just kind of riding around, trying not to get wrecked as it's kind of been the theme this year and when i did go racing was and i I had raced with that leader the same guy I we had raced some laps against each other and was just fine we had a good time caution comes out and i restarted sixth and you get the wrong guy in second place and he cut down on the leader coming out of one and that was the end of it (laughs) he just like pinched him down i mean so a little bit on the leader you know Or coming up, but, I mean, it's the end of the racing line where you just, the the guy uh, up top never should have been. I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, real quick, whose fault is that? Well, what can you do? It's just a racing incident when it comes down to it, but. Yeah, with like 10 to go or probably, I mean, it was toward the end of the race. I mean, it's just hard racing. Right. All right, David, you got a P15,
0: uh, put it in the wall after dodging a spinning car up front.
3: Yep. Uh, you know how it is—just cars wrecking here and there, and sometimes you're you get caught up by them. Um, I was running like P30. It was really early in the race. I was down horsepower and had no arrow. and couldn't keep up with anybody. And basically, every every restart was uh, me just falling behind everybody. But we never had a long enough run for me to follow a lap down. And it just kept being carnage. And with the with a crap car i came
0: in 15th all right and then our teammate bill uh hole he got p14 he said there's little respect anymore in i racing these freaking folks are nuts and then mark uh, he got a p4 he said race was a wreck fest went down a lap on two different occasions after uh, having to avoid wrecks down pit road resulting in green flag stop and go penalties resulted uh, restarted in 12th with 20 to go took 10 laps to get to fourth wow What's clear, I was gaining on the top three, but ran out of laps. Nice recovery. Um, Tony Rochette, he ran Saturday morning, got a P8. Uh, then he also got a P8 Sunday morning. Uh, said he ran great all race, uh, screwed up his green flag pit stop, uh, dropped down to 23rd. He got a waiver round, uh, for a few after a few cautions. Uh, later, restarted 15th with nine to go, made big gains, loving the new package. Uh, Mason, you got a P9.
2: Yeah, just made a stupid mistake. I was running second and just should have lifted coming out of two and clipped the wall. That killed the arrow and could never recover back all the way up to the lead. But I'll take P9 without getting wrecked.
0: Yeah, and I also got P9. I got wrecked, uh, got the damage fixed, but it was a bit, a, a bit slow, a bit down on speed. But somehow got a P9 out of it, so I was real happy. I think I had a P2 earlier in the week and then a p9 so i'm okay with california yeah
2: i ran in that sunday fix too i forgot to put the result in and i got spun i was livid i got i was oh yeah second and the guy who had been first all night was coming back up through the pack there and he uh clipped the apron and instead of just you know being nice and cautious and spinning out bring out the caution whatever we re-rack them and go takes out the entire field me included I was above them. I was just livid.
0: Yep. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, So you think livid. Let's talk about Martinsville. Wednesday fixed. I ran P17. Spun on my own off of four and had six minutes damage. There were over 20 cautions with over 100 laps. And I recovered the 17th after the six minutes damage. And that was my own fault that I spun off. I just suck. I don't know. Sometimes I just lose it
2: what the hell did you hit everything including the pace car
0: (laughs) well at least i finished (laughs) that race now wednesday open i didn't even start the race i i was i was gonna just like usual i'm about 10 minutes before the race i'm getting everything ready i'm logging in and everything and i get a call from my daughter dad my car it needs all this stuff done to it i don't know what to do and and by the time I got off the call and downloaded the set and went to log in, it was 6.01, and I had missed the race. I was pissed. So that's the second time I've missed a race when I didn't mean to. Uh, okay, Mason, you got P- P12.
2: Oh, again, high blood pressure. <laughs> I was running P4. i driven up through the entire field again. Uh, one lap shootout because someone had stopped on the track uh, to let the leaders by, but they had stopped dead, so it brought out the caution with six to go. So we had a one lap shootout. Um, Some asterisk made it four wide a turn, three on the last corner, and wrecked uh, all the front runners. So that gentleman or lady will be getting a paint scheme so I remember to wreck them next time.
0: Is that the video that you showed where the they just drove it in on the bottom, this total dive, and then they slid right up into everybody? Uh, yes, sir. Yeah. That was ugly. That was ugly. All right, David, you got a P12 as well.
3: Yeah, I had came from the opposite direction mid-race. Somebody just decided to dive it in and hook me and wreck me in uh but attrition and just crawl it just pushing back up I crawled back up to 12th we uh we had a two tire strategy going going really I mean I was running up front and then just got dumped I think you were actually spotting me because you missed the race we were running up front towards the end um and I just got dumped and was irritated but uh costumes got and the damage wasn't too severe and was able to get get back up to 12th
0: yeah we did have a neat strategy I, I encourage you to take two tires on one stop when everyone else took four and that put you up front and gave you a bunch of track position i think you were running like third when everything shook out and you were holding your own on those two tires and then like you said somebody dumped you uh and unfortunately but the the strategy was working actually
3: yes yeah, uh i guess at short tracks it can work uh we tried that at one of the bigger tracks and it was a nightmare how loose it would get.
0: Yeah, I don't think it works if it wasn't Martinsville. All right, then today's race, uh, I definitely didn't miss the race this time. And uh, man, I was kind of just off strategy a little bit uh, from kind of the main group of drivers. And somehow I ended up in the lead, but then I was able to keep it legitimately through some runs. And I think I actually led the most laps of the race. I, I led for maybe like, I don't know, 60-some laps or something, but it was a long time. Uh, I eventually faded a little bit um, and then got, you can't believe it, I wrecked off a four again on my own. I spun it down uh, without anybody touching me or anything. And um, so—and then incident after incident after incident, and I ended up at the last caution getting uh, DQ'd out from 22 incidents. And I couldn't even miss it, you know, like a wreck in front of me. And then David, you had a ridiculous uh, run. I mean, it was a like a, like I said, half the race was under caution. Uh, you thought it was uh, pretty crazy too.
3: There were 22 cautions and like 112 laps under caution. Uh, I got caught on I don't know caution 10 or 11. I don't remember the car number, but a decently fast runner. And, um, I had just recently let him go. I wasn't trying, I was just trying to survive. He spins in front of me and there's just nowhere to go. And I T-boned him, had five minutes of damage and was down on, way down on horsepower and in just out, got, got trapped two laps down too, because I, I kept my car still and cars just kept coming and coming and coming and coming. I never could, found, had a gap where I could pull out in front of them, uh, yeah, yeah. It was just a ridiculous number of cautions, and and the, it's one of those cautions breeds cautions. Everybody thinks, well, it's only going to be short runs, so I'm going to get all I get, and they wreck, and they get all they get, and they wreck, and then they just won't, they just won't settle down and get a rhythm going. They have to, they have to, to go, to go balls to the wall every two laps, starting on lap one, and it, it just makes my head explode.
0: Yeah, every lap is a Q lap. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's balls out out there. I tell you what. Um, I was pleased with my run. I mean, I was happy. I was leading laps, legitimately leading laps at Martinsville, people. A year ago, you would not have heard that from me, okay? I don't run good at tracks that are not restrictor plate. And uh, to be running up front at Martinsville in an NIS race, man, that was felt good. But it didn't end well. I didn't get the result to, to show for it.
3: Yeah, it's two times so far that I've been up front and, and been involved in wrecks. To, you know, I climbed back up to 16 again, you know, just staying persistent. And other people who, I guess, don't want to run with a damaged car or get, there was a lot of DQs. You weren't the only one that got DQ'd. So I, cl- I claimed a lot of spots back and didn't lose any I rating, but I didn't get any get as many points as I wanted to get.
0: Yeah, I think that last one really got a bunch of people DQ'd there. Um, Let's keep moving. Road to Pro, Texas, Chris, P wrecked out.
4: Yeah, that kind of. I had a kind of a decent race overall. I um, made a mistake and went a lap down. This was on on pit road, too long, messing with my force feedback. But um, we had a bunch of green flag laps, and I was running well, other than my position. But uh i was trying to i was trying to i think i was in the lucky dog spot maybe even trying to rake, get back to the lead lap the the old you know old-fashioned way i don't remember but i was racing with the leaders and the leader um hit the apron and came up the track and i tried to i tried to i was just basically trying to avoid him and the guy in front of me we were going three wide but i just i was too high on the front stretch and just about knocked the wall over finished the race but the the truck was pretty beat up, but uh, yeah, it's partially my fault. Cause you know, I mean, you can't be that high on the front stretch in Texas and not can't be three all over. Yeah, exactly. So I should have lifted or something. Yeah. That wall
0: will come get you. And then Brent,
4: he was leading and wrecked by a lap car
0: halfway through the race, but uh, he was uh, leading for a while there. Uh, other official racing uh, Lamar, uh, David, you uh, showing us again. P1 at Monza. Good job.
3: And it was a tight race the whole time. You know, a lot of times when you get a win in a road race, you just you're the fastest car or at least the fastest car gets taken out and then you just kind of cruise. Uh, this race for the entire hour, I had one or two cars either right behind me or even past me a couple of times because of the way the lap traffic got in the way. Um, so it was an hour of intense racing. Uh, there was, you know, you one mistake and it would have been it would have been over. All right. It finished Uh, with a uh, margin of 0.1 seconds.
0: All right. Well, nice win. I mean, if to win on road, an official, that's saying something, man. That's hard to do. So good job. Uh, Let's talk quick about Super Series. We did talk about this. Um, Mark, uh, our teammate, he did participate. Uh, There was um, an average I rating of 5,833. Some tough competition. uh, or actually, that average eye rating was the top four drivers in that race. But he, Mark, got in it. He qualified and raced. Uh, he was car 17 out of 23. He started 21st, finished 14th. Uh, decent finish after just buying the car in the track two days before. But uh, that's pretty cool. That he was able to get in the race just buying the track. Yeah, it's really Coda cool.
3: is the least. It's like my least favorite track. It's a hard. Just stupid track. Okay.
0: And then hosted uh, league stuff. Uh, Mason, you're on to the second round for OSRA.
2: Yep, and they are starting up a uh, a dash series as well. It's a feeder series. It's, uh, I think, six weeks long. And it's going to be Wednesday night's fixed cup cars. So, I think we're going to move from the trucks to the cup cars in their second season. But, yeah, moving to the second round of the playoffs. Um, It was a wild finish. We had a guy come up and block on the last lap. We were going about 8 to 10 miles an hour faster, and a guy came up and blocked and wrecked the whole field. Uh, typical, you know, away speed, racing on iRacing, but uh, uh, but, yeah, I managed to have enough points there to make it through to the second round and hopefully make it into the final round championship.
0: All right. Very good. And then finally, um, David, you kind of put together a internal points uh, thing for NIS within our team, and you're just tracking how many points uh, we based on a raw finish in NIS, both open and fixed. And so we got some results finally after a few races. Uh Chris, you're leading the Open as the points leader. I'm second. Mason, you're third. David, you're fourth. And then Bill Hull, fourth. Tony Rochette, sixth. Greg Hector seventh. And I'm not even going to read the rest of them because they're so far down the list. And so
3: <laughs> NIS
0: fixed. Uh, Brent McCoy leads. Mike Ellis, second. Bill Hull, third. Tyler Conroy, fourth. And Tony Rochette, sixth. Fifth. And... Thanks, David, for putting that together. It is kind of fun to watch uh, compared to the other drivers because we're not all in the same splits. But the way you're tracking this, uh, it doesn't really matter, does it?
3: Well, my thinking is you're getting—we're all getting handicapped basically at, at some point. And it don't, I don't—I don't think if you, any of us are really going to try to tank our i-rating at this point to try to win just this internal league championship. <laughs> yeah, just right. to win the spreadsheet. So you know. It's based on, it's just simple NASCAR points, one point per position, but uh, with three bonus points for a win. And uh, we're also gonna have the drop weeks in there that will start going into effect next week as we as we tally in Martinsville and have six weeks. There's something that I'm gonna do that I hope IRISing might consider doing with, with the NIS standings is start adding a drop week every six weeks into the into the tally. Because if you miss one week in week three, you'll never really know how you're doing until right week 31.
0: Yeah, you're right. They wait till late in the season before they populate the drop weeks in, so you really have no idea how you're doing until that happens. All right, let's get into final thoughts, uh Chris Scales.
4: Uh Sam had her her last chemo treatment yesterday, so All right. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome and I've had a lot of good luck in in NIS at the beginning of the season. So if some of that bad luck has to happen, it can happen in the next couple of weeks because our house could be on fire and we're still going to be in a good mood here. So <laughs> bring it on! All right,
0: good to hear. Sam is uh, getting over the hump there and getting it done. Uh, congratulations to her. Uh, David Hall, final thought.
3: Got a little wish list for the uh, for the iRacing guys that are listening. Uh, the pace car at Martinsville, some something goes on. And if you're in the back of the field, you can go a lap down just taking four tires. I, I, I really hope they would do something about that. Uh, I don't know why, but I know at Richmond, I noticed this happening the last time we were at Richmond, the pace car was actually waiting for the leader to catch him before it pulled out. But at Martinsville, it's still pulling out as soon as the caution comes out and everybody's having to race back and, and even then we're just not getting close up enough, um, so I I really wish they would address that and either slow the pace car down or or, or make it wait until the leader makes its way around.
0: Yeah, it's just in my opinion, is people don't know how to pace. They so get they're not catching the pace car appropriately. When the caution comes out, you need to haul ass
3: around. And now, that, that doesn't happen in the real thing. In the real thing, that pace car it waits until the director says, "All right." the the field now is clear out, right. you can pull out because and here this guy is coming and they give they give the field time to get grouped up before they open the pits they'll yeah. close the pits doesn't usually open hardly ever the first time around they usually go all, go all the way around one more time and then they'll open up the pits once everybody has had a chance to get bumper to bumper yeah. we're just not getting that time and, um it really any of the tracks but it's it just amplified it at martinsville and it, it's uh, it's it's something that they that should be easy to fix slow, either slow the pace car down or make it wait one of the two this
0: is how you work around that you only take two tires if you're 15th or worse you can only get four if you're within the top 15 that's a good rule not to lose a lap now next up mason final thought
2: yep two quick things here the first is it seems like two x's have gone away I don't know, last night I just kept getting four x's all over the place um with contact that I think should have been two x but you know I'm not eye racing so that's just something interesting to to take a look at here as we're at martinsville um the other thing is I'm still waiting on my my sim lab p one here uh, I sent an email him today, so hopefully I hear back from them but it won't come this week that's for sure if it's coming all the way from the Netherlands
0: all right, hang in there. I told you, get a bunch of sandbags and sandbag down that music stand. You'll be okay.
2: I might be headed to to Walmart to get a desk. All right.
0: Uh, My final thought is, dang it, my keyboard of 21 years, I think it's been, my mechanical Microsoft keyboard, the 7 key finally collapsed, and I couldn't type. I was trying to type the ampersand, and I couldn't type, and I had to type the word A-N-D. And I said, enough, I can't deal with a broken keyboard. I hauled my butt down to Walmart, and I found a Razer keyboard for $100. And it's got LED lighting all built into it, and uh, the lights move to sound, and you can have them change colors and do all kinds of cool stuff. And I just hooked it up, and I'm liking it. I think it looks pretty sharp. But I guess you got to have a keyboard to iRace. I mean, if you don't have a keyboard, you can't start the car, you know. You can't log into Windows and, you know, type the password and all that. So I think it was important. And uh, a lot of people, I I think you kind of forget about the keyboard. Uh, It's kind of a throwaway item. But uh, when you don't have one, boy, you need
2: one. I guess your password doesn't have a 7 in it.
0: It didn't, but... uh... (laughs) I love the LEDs. It kind of matches up with the computer build. It has a bunch of LED in it, so uh, I like it. And with that, we'll see you later on the track. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.